Ladies and gentlemen, back again with another episode of the Bow Down Podcast. And our next guest on the Bow Down Podcast was a three-year starter at right tackle for the Huskies under legendary coach Don James, where, during his senior season, received honorable mention All-American and second-team Pac-10 honors. He went on to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, where he became a two-time Super Bowl champion, winning back-to-back championships in Super Bowl 27 and Super Bowl 28. Three-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the most intense players to ever step on the gridiron. And from the research we've done on his social media, one hell of a fisherman and outdoorsman. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping into the Bow Down podcast, none other than Kevin Gogan. Kevin, welcome. Thank you for spending some time with us today on the Bow Down podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We want to dive in a little bit on what happened with the national championship. As you obviously know, Washington won the Pac-12, won the Sugar Bowl, made it to the finals. Unfortunately, we're upset by the Michigan Wolverines, ended up with a 14-1 record as opposed to 15-0. Let's talk about those results and obviously, you know, losing the national championship, still nothing to hang our heads on, a tremendous season for a tremendous team. Any thoughts on the season? Any thoughts on the team? Were you able to check out any games this year? Follow the team at all? What are your thoughts? Uh, First of all, I think that they did a great job. I really do. I think that, you know, uh, I went to an event for players there last year. I really don't go to a whole lot. And uh, I wanted to see the difference in the coaching staff. And I wanted to see the atmosphere that they brought. And, you know, I'm kind of weird like that. I kind of dig that. And uh, I went there, and when I left, I was a huge fan of that guy. I was, you know, like not 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 just the head coach, but the coaching staff. Just the just the way that they just the, just their attitude, the vibe that they had, that they were, you know, so electric. Um, you know, you see the head coach, and he looks pretty chill, but his staff seemed to just be super positive. Uh, like, you know, as a player, there's some, something you want to be around, and let alone, you know, uh, getting 14 wins, that also helps too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, similar to your style of play, this current Joe Moore award-winning Washington Huskies offensive line, they were lights out, very dominant all season long. They, I think they were fourth in the country in sacks allowed. Um, is there anybody on that offensive line that you've become a fan of or anyone that you kind of look at them and they kind of remind you of yourself or even not on the Huskies, anybody in today's game that sort of reminds you of yourself? Well, you got to understand, first of all, when you play a style of play like I do, you know, you're you're hiding something, right? Um, I mean, like, you know, if you go out there with full-on aggression, you know, maybe you're making up for lack of a, of some type of athletic talent. So, I mean, sometimes it's smoke and mirrors. Uh, I think, you know, like, I don't, I can't, I don't know any of the kids names, uh, but the, the 55 kid at left tackle, uh, he played really well. I liked the way he played. I, I thought 73, I, I liked his sets um, for, you know, like the way he set on the pass rush, he was, you know, he got out there, he got out there aggressively. Uh, but in the Michigan game, he had a hard time. It looked like, you know, this is a completely different football than I played. I, I understand it's the same yeah. game and everything, but it's completely different. You know, third and nine is third and nine. If you get eight yards, you punt the freaking ball. 
now now it's changed and you know some of the some of the shit that they do is you know I ain't got no idea what they're doing. And I saw him take a set and he overset a kid, which didn't, and the guard didn't come with him, which didn't make any sense. And then he was laid off the ball that one time, which, you know, and then the holding penalty, which really hurt. But the Huskies had their opportunities. You know, they definitely had, um, they had their opportunities to win the game, if not just to be on the last drive. But that being said, you know, uh, they showed up, they didn't, they didn't lay up and, uh, um, that's important, you know, like some teams just get the, you know, get hammered and then they just quit. They never quit. And, you know, so you have to find the positives and, you know, honestly, I've never, uh, when you get to that stage, you know, I've never been on the other side of not winning, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, but I imagine they got to be hungry again. Cause when you win, you're hungry again, if you're any type of competitor, and I imagine they're going to be hungry again and, uh, and you know, it, you know, hopefully get back there and get it done. You, you did some really good winning as a three-year starter under Don James, who is the winning and, winningest coach and easily the greatest coach in Huskies history. What do you remember about your time in Seattle under the tutelage of Coach James? Anything stick out about your relationship with him? or the relationship you and your other offensive linemen had together, any distinct memories of your time as a Husky? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. You know, uh, I was a little bit, uh, <laughs> let's just say, you know, not on the, on the Dean's list of uh, good uh, quality uh, characters. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Coach James and I had an interesting relationship. Usually it was some type of discipline involved. Uh, and ironically, later in life, uh, my, one of my kids played on a basketball team with his, his granddaughter. And, uh, we had some good talks, you know, we respected each other and, uh, laughed about some of the things. Uh, but you know, oh man, it was so, it's so crazy. Like when I, like the first time I went there and the first game I walked out onto that field, it was just, you know, like back in the, in those days, it was just, it was so freaking loud. And we played. We actually played Michigan and uh, won on a two-point conversion. Uh, you know, I didn't sniff the field. I was just a freshman, and um, you know, but it was just like I, I never seen anything like it. And it's you know, so it's kind of in your blood from that point on. Even though I'm not from Washington, and uh, and the Orange Bowl, you know, the Orange Bowl season was just amazing. And uh, I mean. <laughs> Some of those dudes just should have been in jail, I think. You know, I mean, it was some, it was some, I mean, man, you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. It was some wild stuff going on, and that's the <laughs> they call that, that, that statute, of limitations, right? <laughs> statute of limitations on that one, Kevin. So, I hope so. <laughs> I think you're in the clear now, yeah. But I mean, it, it was wild. I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know. It was fun. You talk to Dick Beard, he'll tell you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him on the podcast. You should get him on. He's so electric. You should get him on for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, we've asked every guest so far, kind of your Mount Rushmore of the, your position. So we're going to put you on the spot now. Give me your top five. If you can't come up with five, we'll take three. Washington Husky offensive linemen of all time. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Easily Lincoln Kennedy's on there. I love Lincoln Kennedy. Um, 
you know, Owen Krutz was a really awesome offensive lineman, like really, really amazing football player. Uh, I'm, I think NFL Hall of Fame worthy, but that's, you know, yeah. I don't know him. I don't know him uh, personally, um, but I do think he was outstanding. Um, you know, I, I think left tackle is a really hard position to play, and I thought Ray Penny uh, back in the day, um, uh, not much of a physical player, but uh, had a great NFL career. Blair Bush was, man, he was, you know, outstanding. There's four. E- I mean, that's easy for um, – Trey Adams was a really good offensive tackle for the Huskies. Uh, I know he fought through some injuries and stuff like that, but there's uh, there's there there's a whole bunch. I mean, it, uh, they were they were putting out offensive linemen uh, oh, yeah. quite a bit. You know, yeah. Kurt, I didn't hear Marsh, Kurt Marsh would be not, definitely, um, you know, maybe top two or three offensive linemen ever to play out of Huskies. Uh, yeah, he was I, fantastic. I, I, I didn't hear you mention your own name. You don't consider yourself top five? No, There's no you know, game here on the podcast. A true offensive lineman doesn't pick himself. <laughs> I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Yeah. Kevin, during your playing times, you were known as one of the toughest, meanest players on the, in the NFL. This was being highlighted by your 98 Sports Illustrated cover. You uh, have, you're taking a bite out of someone's leg. There's the caption, the nastiest of nasty Kevin Gogan, how do you and how did this feel in the moment? How does it feel to be regarded in that sense? And do you agree with it? Would you, uh, you know, do you have some, do you feel some type of way as being labeled one of the toughest, meanest, potentially dirtiest players who ever played in the NFL? Well, I don't think, you know, necessarily it's completely true. Um, You know, you're dealing with guys, you know, defensive linemen are typically, you know, leaner, faster, stronger, better athletes. And you have to make up for that, you know, deficiency in any way possible. And I also think in general, offensive linemen are smarter, a lot smarter. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, I, you know, I would get in their heads, uh, you know, and and that was a definite advantage, you know, to be, um, you know, playing through the whistle um, you know, I never tried to hurt anybody, but I would definitely try to um, let you know that from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to you're going to know you left and you, you're going to know you, you stayed for a while and you're going to feel it. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, you know, it's it, uh, offensive line position is it's a really, really shitty job. Right. You have 70 plays on average of a game and you mess up one time, your day is pretty much shot. And those guys have 70 plays, and if they get one sack, their day is outstanding. So, I mean, like, you know, like, you know, you have to have some balance in there. And, um, and you know, you have to be – you have to have a finesse game for sure, but you also have to have uh, a saltiness to you. And I, I, I really – you know, I hung out with a guy named Randy White uh, when I first got to Dallas and Randy was just a nasty dude. And um, like one day at training camp, my first week I got into a fight with a guy and uh, the, you know, every defensive lineman jumped in when it was all said and done, there was only one offensive lineman and there it was training camp. There was probably 20 guys. And this guy's name was Brian Baldinger. And uh, 
uh, Dinger was in there, and, and we, we got the shit beat out of us, you know. And uh, I got back to my my uh, meeting that night, and I threatened those dudes. I told them, I said, man, you guys don't, you know, a bunch of old dudes that were settled in their ways. And I said, man, I'll beat every one of your asses if you don't. <laughs> and, you know, they got rid of those guys. Jimmy Johnson came in and got rid of those guys. And then that atmosphere and that, you know, they got we got, you know, guys that were just, you know, Eric Williams was salty. Uh, Mark Stepnowski was never happy, you know, and it was just, and it just kind of carried over. And uh, you never realized at the time, uh, you know, you see that stuff and you realize that it was trying to sell newspapers. But um, uh, I, since this is about a bow down podcast, I will give you a story that um, I swear to you on my life that only three people in my life have ever noticed this. Uh, and, uh, it it was it was a monumental uh, moment in uh, in my Husky career, and it's it it's it's really pretty fucked up for somebody, but it wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we were playing at the Cougars. I was a sophomore, which is just this is just baffling to me. Um, just going back and thinking about it, and it was uh, it was when they had Rippin and Porter and Mays. And it was our Orange Bowl season. And um, I'll tell you, I, before I tell you the story, um, the three people that have ever, and it's been 30-something years, was it 84? I, I can't even do any math. Uh, remember, <laughs> offensive linemen are smarter. <laughs> and uh, uh, and um, so the three, of course, Coach James came up to me right away after the game or after he watched the film on the next day and said, I saw what you did and, and, you know, he wasn't really happy with it. Um, and, uh, the, um, the second time I was literally going to like Toyota of Bellevue and, um, taking my car in for service and I got out and, you know, they had this old dude, like, just like a greeter, you know, and he had a cougar hat on and, um, he said, oh, can I have your name? And I gave him my name. And he goes, I saw what you did. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I saw what you did. And he and he told the story. And uh, he was 100% right, you know. And then so I said, hey, you know, the only other person that said that was Don James. And uh, we laughed about it. And then um, maybe six years later, uh, my daughter played volleyball at Mountain Side. And I was on, uh, we were on a team with Mark Rippon's sister. And she came up and asked me, so that's three people in 30 years that have ever said anything to this, uh, to what happened. So I'll tell you what happened. So we were in the third quarter of that game. We were um, just about to lose that game, believe it or not. And uh, we went for it on fourth down early in the third quarter in our territory. I couldn't tell you where. I, I can tell you, I can see the, the play and everything, but we did not make it. And I don't know why. I mean, I guess it goes back to the saltiness. Uh, I took this kid from the Cougars and I and I pile drove him. Like, I mean, I literally um, pile drove him and uh, <laughs> and uh, slammed him to the ground and just totally, you know, because I was pissed because we didn't get the first down. I, you know, I thought we were, I thought we were going to lose the game for sure. And, um, when I did that, you know, you, you do that and then you walk away like you're not involved. It's I, no one teaches you that you just learn that right away. 
So when I slammed him down and and did that, he got up and punched Tony Roten. Tony Roten was our tight end because he was playing next to me. And uh, when he punched Tony Roten, he got a penalty for 15 yards and got kicked out of the game. And uh, we got the first down and then went down and scored the touchdown and then got back into the game and ended up winning the game there. And uh, Don James was like, I mean, he knew he knew that I was an aggressive and he didn't want to say, you know, bad job. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that kid that I did it to, I, I, I've, I've read about it. I don't like to mention it very much. But, I mean, like, that was his last play ever as, like, you know, a college football player. And that was kind of, you know, that's kind of bullshit. But, yeah. I mean, it happens and we won. <laughs> and then we went to the Orange Bowl, you know, so. You got the first down. That's all that matters, right? Absolutely, man. <laughs> it's a bottom line. <laughs> so, although this is the Bow Down Podcast, like you said, you, you touched a little bit on Jimmy Johnson and your time with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Who you won your two Super Bowls with, and Jimmy Johnson recently finally got inducted into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. Um, what do those Super Bowl winning teams mean to you, and what does Jimmy Johnson himself mean to you? Yeah, you know, uh, he means a lot. Uh, I, I've never really seen, you know, di- uh, knowing football. He didn't know. He didn't know a damn thing about football. It was amazing. He didn't know. He, he, knew, how to, <laughs> he knew how to hire coaches. You know, you you get in the huddle, and you know, like towards the end of the game, if you have it kind of, you know, pretty much put away, you'll hear this just complete bullshit call, and then you'll look at the quarterback like, "Where'd that come from?" And then they'll say, "Oh, it came from Jimmy." You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, because they like they're always a neighbor with some double reverse pass, you know, or some <laughs> crap like that that you can pull off at that part of the game. Uh, you know, I really respected him. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. I like him now. I didn't like him at the beginning. Uh, you know, because he he made you uncomfortable. He made you do things out of your comfort zone. Uh, and uh, you know, you just like he ran through so many players. And to, uh, you know, I, I went down to the Ring of Honor um, last week or whatever, whenever it was. And um, I met with him down there and I saw him and I saw and I, you know, did the whole deal. And, you know, he was just an incredible motivator. He could, you know, he could make you run through a friggin wall and uh, not even question it. He knew how to, you know, you know, you, you can, you know, you can get me in line and you can get Charles Haley in line and you can get Michael Irvin in line and, and you know, some of those characters uh, and, 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 you know, dial it in on Sunday. Um, he did an amazing job and uh, this is a long overdue uh, award for him, um, you know, and, uh, you know, from going, you know, I, I also got, you know, some of Tom Landry too and, um you know, with some of the, you know, the great old players that were there. And it was, that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, it's, there's nothing, there's no substitute for winning. Finally, Kevin, I want to ask you, I kind of let in with it. You've been doing a lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of fishing. Talk to me about what, what you're doing in your free time these days. I see you're catching. Yeah, some- no doubt. Um, I, man, I am fishing all the time. Uh, uh, my my husky roommate uh, did not play football there, but um, has the outdoor line on uh, on the radio show here in Seattle. Does a, uh, does a bunch of stuff for the husky football program, and um, we go fishing quite a bit. 
Uh, I'm also a, an aggressive whitewater kayaker. Um, I go to Alaska um, a couple times a year and um, spend a couple weeks on the river, uh, you know, self-sufficient kayaking. And, um, and for my 60th birthday, I'm going, uh, I, I want to permit to go down the Grand Canyon. So I'm self-guided myself down the Grand Canyon with my buddies. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, there's kind of a motto that I, that I, you know, that I've heard and I like, and, uh, it's, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. And, uh, I, I naturally I'm taking up too much space, but I'm going to live on the edge a little bit. I like it. I enjoy it. I like, I like living on the side of the river. Uh, nobody bugs me and uh and hopefully nobody bugs me and uh just like being outside uh, i've seen some crazy you know alaska's i just love i love going there it's an amazing spot yeah someone who went to the school up in the pacific northwest that's the true husky mantra is just being outside with with nature so that's pretty awesome no doubt. it got me out of san francisco this state this state was you know is amazing for outdoors and it got me here and uh yeah, I don't want to leave. I like the rivers. Yep, awesome. Well, listen, Kevin, I don't want to take up any more of your time. We appreciate you hopping on with us here on the Bow Down Podcast. 